When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the PHNX Wildcats uh, uh, podcast presented by Neutral. They're supporting this us this Territorial Cup week. Neutral vodka seltzers are made with real fruit juice and the variety packs come in a variety of flavors. Head to NeutralUSA.com to find a store near you. Now, a man that is as synonymous with Arizona basketball as maybe anybody outside of the GOAT, Brian Jeffries, the great Ryan Hansen. Hello, Rhino. How you doing, buddy? Mike Luke, happy Thanksgiving week to you, and what a special week it's going to be. We've got basketball on Turkey Day, Territorial Cup. Come on. Can't get much better. It doesn't get any better than this, so let's let's hop right into it. I believe that this is the most stable that Arizona basketball and Arizona football has been since you were roaming around in the mid to late 90s, my friend. Keep in mind, uh, Lute Olsen basically had it where every four years you were playing in a Final Four and guess what? You sprinkled in a national championship there. Dick Tomey had it where you had a top five or a top five and a top 10 team and a five-year run. Feels a little similar right now with Tommy Lloyd and what Jed Fish is doing. Yeah, you look at uh, 1994, arguably the best spring, uh, or at least that first couple months in the history of Arizona football and basketball together. Fiesta Bowl run, Final Four run. Right. Uh, but then that 97-98-ish run, right, where Cats win the title, make it to the Elite Eight, and then you've got the, the 98 football team that's arguably the greatest team uh, that Arizona's put on the field. Uh, so you're right, stability, um, excitement, uh, competing at the highest of levels, and boy, if you would have just taken that chunk of, of this audio, you would say stability, competing at the highest level, exciting to watch. That is truly Arizona football and Arizona basketball right now. Right. It w- and it also feels very sustainable. There's nothing fluky about it. I mean, obviously with Lute Olson, you got to see that up front. Lute Olson, one of the 10, 15 greatest coaches ever. And, you know, with Dick Tomey, again, it wasn't you not the success, obviously, that Lute had. But you knew that there was a steady foundation, a steady rudder, and it feels kind of the same way, knock on wood, with both of these guys. Yeah, the continuity uh, that we had for so many years with Coach Tomey and, and Coach Olson, you throw in what was going on with baseball and softball, and it with the building itself, McHale was about as stable of an athletics department as you could find. Uh, but the two sports right now with what Jed and Tommy have built and, and what they both inherited, right? It's it's a little similar storyline of what Lute inherited. Right. Uh, Coach Tomey inherited a really decent program from Larry Smith, but there had been some challenges prior to that. So to build it of their own volition, in their own fashion, in their own way, to get us back to the pinnacle of, of athletics competition, it makes it that much sweeter. 
Right. All right. Let's talk about this Arizona team. First of all, we got to talk about the Duke game. Rhino, you were there front and center, obviously. Um, like any smart person, I was listening while I was watching. Um, all right. Just 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 talk talk us through the day. How did it go? What were all your thoughts? Well, I've seen my fair share of Arizona basketball games away from McHale Center, either be it neutral court in the Bahamas, in New York, in Maui, in the Great Alaska shootout when it was actually still a thing, NCAA tournament runs, uh, and road games, right? So when I, when I factor in road game environments, there really are only two that separate themselves, and it's Cameron Indoor and Fog Allen. Really, those are two completely uh, in their own stratosphere in regards to historical significance to the sport. Um, Two teams uh, that are incredibly historically important in Duke and Kansas. uh, And of course, Arizona winning in 2003. And this win against Duke this year are my two and kind of interchangeable, could be my two favorite non-conference road wins of my career. That second half against Kansas, to me, is the most dominant half considering the time and place that I've ever seen from Arizona basketball. There's been a lot of those moments where Salim Stoudemire obviously probably has the apex uh, half of his career. And he had a lot of those, obviously that one though, was just, how did, how did that, how did that compare to what you saw against Duke? Well, that was, it was two different games, right? You know, Arizona led for 30 plus minutes in Cameron indoor, albeit it was close and nip and tuck, but I never felt Arizona was really in jeopardy. Even when Duke took the lead late, Uh, the Kansas game, we were getting blown out at halftime. Uh, They retired Paul Pierce's Jersey at halftime of that game. So you want to talk about a fevered pitch. It was everything was kind of directed towards a huge Kansas win. So to completely turn that around and literally silence Fog Allen. It was crickets were louder than the fans at at Fog Allen. That was pretty incredible to do. But then to go into Duke this, this year, early in the year, you felt good about Arizona, maybe not great just yet because you weren't sure what you were going to get. Uh, you've got arguably the best player in the country in Kyle Filipowski. You know right. the Cameron crazies were off the charts. And to literally have the lead for 30-plus minutes, and Duke only had it for, what, two and a half, three and a half. minutes? Yeah. I loved that level of sustainable excellence. Right. All right, let's talk about this year's team. Um the thing that really sticks out to me, Rhino, is the defensive flexibility that you have now. Um, and this is with all due respect, Kirk Carissa, Courtney Ramey did some very good things, no doubt. But it's a lot different now when you can employ, when Tommy Lloyd can employ Kylan Boswell, uh, Jaden Bradley coming off the bench, obviously, Pella Larson, who we're going to talk about in depth, KJ Lewis, Caleb Love. You can really take some chances. You can really extend that defense just with that kind of length, that strength, and that athleticism that you have there you really don't have a weak link in that group, right? Some of them may be better defenders than other, but in in a lot of cases, you can switch every perimeter dribble handoff or ball screen with that group and not go, oh no, if so-and-so gets matched up on Arizona's player, we're in trouble. Uh, In a lot of cases, you would say Arizona, unless they play a very, very big front line that has guys that can play inside and out, but even then, Arizona did a great job of switching on Kyle Filipowski with Kylan Boswell, with Jaden Bradley, because of the other pieces. This is a, I don't want to get too far excited, but I'm do it, do it, do it right. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. I can back the A here and, and really get excited about Arizona defensively. 
you take the perimeter ball pressure that they can provide, the strength that they have. Kylan Boswell at the top, the, as Reggie Geary has pointed out, he's right. called it the tip of the spear, which I mm-hmm. loved how he coined that early on in the in this year's team. You take that group, and then you look at what Keisha Johnson can do, uh, and he can play and defend all five spots. Right. And then you've got rim protection with Umar. You've got Mo Crevis, who – Holy cow, he was out in passing lanes yes. on, yeah. on Sunday afternoon. Again, maybe won't see that in the high-level games, but point being is you really don't have a significant drop-off at almost any of these positions. That top eight rotation maybe as solid defensively as Arizona's had in, I don't want to say forever. Let's not get too carried away, How but about in a long time. How about 03 when you could bring Hassan, when you could bring Andre Iguodala off the bench? This is to me a little bit like that. And again, it's 03 had the uh, second most years where you were ranked, I think uh, second most weeks you were ranked number one, if I'm not mistaken. It was something like seven weeks or something like that. So it was a, it was obviously an awesome team. But you you checked off every box. You had Jason Gardner. You had Salim. You had Luke Walton. Excuse me. You had um, uh, uh, Ricky Anderson. You had Channing Fry, And then... You bring in that little athleticism off the bench there with Hassan, with Andre Iguodala. There's a lot of that this year where you got Kylan Boswell, you got Caleb Love, you've got Keyshawn Johnson, you've got Umar Ballo, Pella Larson, and none. Oh, by the way, here comes KJ Lewis, Jaden Bradley, and Mo Crevis off the bench. It, there's no dead weight at all in that rotation there, Rhino. That's a pretty good comparison to 03 and and the the ability to defend at all five spots. Again, not hide guys, not not feel like and again, no disrespect to to Kerr or to Azulis, but last year you had right. to strategically find ways to not get beat right. with those two guys and who they were guarding. Well, it, what kind of stinks in college basketball for us last year is it was the point guard and the four-man, which are, are sometimes in a four-man in college basketball. You could be defending a big, you could be defending a small, it's interchangeable. That makes it tough if you have a, a weak link at the four spot defensively. Arizona does not have that this year, right. be it Keyshot or Pella defending. And I would love to dive in more to Pella and what he's doing, and we'll do that. But Arizona's balance defensively. We'll talk about their balance offensively because I got a stat for you. But oh. the balance defensively is is just very special right now. Yeah, well, let's talk about Pella Larson because, Rhino, that's why you're the man because that's where I was going to go next. Pella Larson, you can tell from day one, even when he would struggle, Tommy Lloyd, who has been pretty up, or has been pretty, uh, uh, he's been pretty right on most of his predictions. He said, I expect, last year he said, I expect uh, Pella Larson to be in consideration for the defensive uh, player of the year in the conference. Maybe it was a year early, but right now, Rhino, this is exactly, this is apex Pella Larson. Um, defensively, you had the stat uh, the other day where I think he's drawn 16 fouls or something when I was listening. Talk about what you've seen from Pella out there. Yeah, he's he's playing at an all-time high from a defensive standpoint. I think his offensive numbers are exceptionally efficient. Right. Uh, but what stands out to me defensively, I, I and I mentioned this on the air, the three things I've seen from him, he is his effort, his intelligence, and his intensity defensively have led the team. Right. The guy's flying all over the place. Uh, from uh, from an effort standpoint, he is putting in tremendous effort. From an intelligence standpoint, he's anticipating plays. 
he was guarding for many possessions. Uh, you know, one of the best players on the team uh, in a couple different cases on Sunday, either the big man he was right. switched off on, he was guarding uh, Dejuan Gordon, who was their leading scorer interchangeably. Uh, but his ability to anticipate and then the intensity in which he's playing, he has got, he's brought an emotional fire yeah. to Arizona defensively. I like the outward, the outburst that he's actually had because you know, he's kind of a laid back guy. Yeah. He's, he's a Southern California type personality. Dude, a great way of putting it. Right. And, but when he plays defense and especially this year, it hasn't been that. How about his block shot on Sunday where he used the principle of verticality to the perfect rule clarification and then was still able to block the shot on right. a fast break. I, I love seeing that. And what's great about it in it for Arizona is the ability to guard multiple positions. He's not just a defensive stopper on a perimeter player. Right. Uh, he can defend that inside out, which I think will become very important as the season goes on. I love what Pella has brought to the team. And offensively, uh, he, he, offensively, I think that he is buttressed very well by the players that they brought in. We're going to get to that in just a second, but let's just say last second, you want to go watch Rhino and the Goat, but you don't know where to go. And you're thinking to myself, yourself, man, where can I get tickets? Game time, my friend. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. And let's see here. Let's just say you're like Ryan Hansen and you get to fly all over the world. You got a really cool job with Bon Voyage. And you know what? You're saying, I want to do that, but I also want to get some cool floors in the meantime. That's where Empire Flooring comes in. How about that for a segue right there, Rhino? I feel very good about that one. Um, Empire Flooring. Check it out. Here's the deal. Empire today, you can get a, uh, they do all the stuff for you. Schedule a free in-home estimate. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. All right. The one thing about Rhino, or Rhino. <laughs> yeah, although you did drop a three on Reggie Geary. So let's, you know. Let's one time. One time, baby. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> hold on to that though. Allen Iverson only crossed over Michael Jordan one time. Guess what? We still talk about it. Um, the one thing with Pella is Pella is a very good finisher around the hoop. Pella is a good shooter. Pella is just, Pella is not a great ball handler. That's, that just kind of is what it is at this point. But now when you have Kylan Boswell running, when you have Caleb Love out there, when you have Jaden Bradley, he doesn't really, he can become that force multiplier for lack of a better term and that he can, he can do what he does best. And he's not asked to do things necessarily that he can't do. I love with these ball handlers and him. That's another reason that I think you're seeing the best Pella. Yeah. When you look at what Tommy did in the off season, and I'm, I'm stealing this from some announcers that I heard recently talk about, it, and I think they were right on point. Tommy clearly upgraded the roster, mm -hmm. but he upgraded the roster with the right players, with players that mesh with Umar, with Pella, with Kylan Boswell in such a way where it wasn't just a talent upgrade or a size upgrade or athleticism. It was parts, key parts that play off of the strengths of, of these other players. So Pella should not be asked to be a playmaker off of this group necessarily when like shot clocks down, Hey Pella, you got to go create a shot for yourself or someone else. He could be the beneficiary of that. I think he's clearly not, as you mentioned, the Arizona's best ball handler. Well, let's not put him in those positions to be right. 
you know, the best ball handler or the only ball handler in this situation. I think he's taking better shots. I think his shot looks better. The perimeter jumper looks cleaner. It just looks, it looks better. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Does the shot, did they overhaul the shot to a certain extent? Because it looks different, Rhino. You know, I don't know if that was Tommy, if that was Pella, you know, what it was in the off season, but it definitely looks cleaner. I think he's, uh, the, the results are proving that out uh, as long as, and this goes for everybody, Pella continues to recognize what a great shot is. His shot selection, I think, will be critical. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the shot selection, I think, is critical there, Rhino. Um, like you said, as long as that continues to happen with everybody, this is a really, really good team. Speaking of shot selection, let's talk Caleb Love. What I loved about Caleb Love, pardon the pun, is that he didn't have his greatest game against North Carolina, or North Carolina, against Duke. But guess what? He wanted all of those free throws at the end. He wanted the ball. That is something that last year's team necessarily didn't necessarily have an abundance of. I felt that Caleb Love would have made 30 straight free throws in that in those situations. Well, I, I feel like you t- the free throws, the half-court shot. Rhino just cut out, but uh, we will uh, hold on. Rhino's going to come out. Rhino's going to come back in. We got this one. Don't worry. This is called live streaming for a reason right here. All right, Rhino. Uh, let's see. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to talk. Well, uh, I'm going to talk while Rhino gets this all figured out. And you know what? There's probably no better time to actually uh, get a read in here than maybe bet MGM. All right. Now you said it yourself, uh, Mike. Where can we get? Uh, where can I get the best stuff going on? BetMGM. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through BetMGM sportsbook mobile app of at least ten dollars. You will receive two hundred dollars instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for details. Okay, now. Oh, and my uh, BetMGM parlay pick is going to be take Arizona to beat ASU and take the under. All right, now, Ryan Hansen playing hard to get. Hello, Rhino, you're back. Wow, tough man to get a hold of, I guess. Uh, so where, where we left off, Caleb Love, yeah. right? And so I, what, I was tr- what I was trying to articulate to you is I think Caleb's shot selection for the Wildcat fan is going to drive you nuts in certain cases, but then he will make some of those, and you'll right. think it's the greatest thing ever, uh, like the end of the first half at Duke. Uh, It's the other things that he's doing. Like you said, got ice in his veins for free throw shooting, wants the ball at the end of the game. And I feel very confident about his ability to knock down shots. Um, How about this? He's uh, averaging uh, the highest assist to turnover ratio in his career. 24 assists, nine turnovers. And and some of the turnovers at Duke were a little like head scratching, just dribbling off his foot, et cetera. But if you look back at his career, unfortunately, that is somewhat of who Caleb is. What I like is that he's doing all the other things, averaging the most rebounds in his career. Granted, Mm -hmm. it's only five games in, but most rebounds and best assist to turnover ratio. That to me is the Tommy Lloyd factor of how can you elevate yourself? And it's not about how can I score more? Right. Because everybody knows he can score the ball. It's about becoming more efficient, being able to do the other things out there. Because, I mean, he's like anybody else. He wants to play in the NBA. You've got to be able to do other things than just score and become more efficient. Uh, We talked about it before the season. I'd like to see his field goal percentage in the low 40s. Again, he's never going to be the Salim where it's you're shooting 58% from three and 52%. But get into the low 40s. Because with everything else that he can do out there, 
then you become a then you become more enticing, I think, to NBA folks as well, Rhino. Yeah, and I think he needs to continue to be a threat to score at all three levels. If mm-hmm. he starts falling in love with the three and that's where he lives, and we saw a glimpse of it, to be nitpicky, we saw yeah. a glimpse of it in the first half of the UT Arlington game where he had a coming off of the great game against Belmont where he scored at all three levels, got to his floater, got to the layup line, and then hit threes. He kind of did a heat check early, like, okay, now it's right. time to start launching because this is my weekend. Um, that's what you and I would do at the rec center. We no don't doubt. need to see that out of Caleb Love. I want to see him score at all three levels, utilize the pick and roll. He's got a great float game in the mm-hmm. middle of the lane. He can finish it with contact. He's trying to dunk things at the rim, which I love the yes. intensity there. Be that multi-dimensional scoring threat for the Wildcats and producer. That will be the best, the best version of Caleb. All right, Keyshaw Johnson. Arizona had nobody like Keyshaw Johnson and Tommy Lloyd's first two years as successful, obviously. And again, we keep talking about the first two years. It's very important to know that he was 61 and 11. I mean, he obviously, so we're nitpicking. There's been nobody like Keyshaw Johnson though. And that you can go depending on the screen, depending on the pick and roll. I, I feel comfortable with him on a one on a point. Now, again, I don't want him guarding a point the whole game, obviously, but in a switch, he's fine. He brings that strength, that athleticism. And just by running the court, he's getting 10 extra points a game, Rhino. Yeah, the Wildcats are, are thrilled because of his versatility on the defensive end. That it's His offense is not going to replace what Azulis Tabellis gave us. And, and right. that's okay. Like, again, filling a role that for the betterment of the team might actually be where Keyshawn defensively can guard all five positions. You put him in those pick and roll, pick and pop situations where he's guarding the big that's setting that screen. You can do so many different things because of Keyshawn's ability to move laterally. He can he can get beat and get caught up on a play defensively because of his athleticism and leaping ability. Uh, I think he'll get those shots in transition. The one question mark for me is offensively as teams start to scout him and sag off of him. We saw it in the first mm-hmm. half of the Arlington game. They were willing to let Keyshot have jump shots right, uh, and live with whatever happened. Well, after his third three in the first <laughs> half, they kind of started to say, maybe that's not our best option. Uh, but coming into the game, Keyshot was one for eight from beyond the arc. So statistically, it made sense to live with him shooting from the perimeter versus Umar or Mo getting post touches right. in the lane. Well, I will, I'll be interested to see if more teams start to do that and are willing to more for the course of a 40 minute game, sag off and let Keyshawn try to beat you. So can he be consistent? Can he make plays that might not just be hitting a three? You've got to be, you know, more versatile than just knocking down jumpers. He's splitting time so far this season and he's going to, but man, Mo Crevis is going to be a problem. Mo Crevis going to be a problem. I mean, he already is. You're correct. Mo Crevis feels like the guy that Gonzaga gets, plays him sparingly for the first year, and then he becomes an All-American for the next three years. He is he's something. There's no way that anybody could have expected this from what we've seen. Yeah, I don't think so. Even Tommy. Tommy will tell you, yeah, 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 I knew this guy was good. He was great. But to be this good five games in, and that leads me to – Arizona having six players average double figures is would be uncharted territory for Arizona basketball and all of the great years, all of the great players. I don't believe, and I looked back at the end of the season, Arizona has had six players 
average in double figures. A couple things have to happen. I don't think Arizona is going to average 99 points a game right. at the end of the season. So that will probably contract. But when you look at the six players, any one of them could go for 20, but most of them don't live there. Yeah, That's yeah. just not where they live. They live in the 12 to 13 point a night guy. And Mo Crevis is that guy too. Soft hands, catches almost everything. Great footwork. He's got a Dusan Ristich feel around the basket with both hands. Yeah. That Euro finish that he can he can put the spin in English on the basketball in and around the rim. He's immovable on the offensive glass. Uh, try to box him out. Good luck. How will he play against better athletes in the post? Right. Let's see how that goes. How he will play against a Zach Eady who is seven four and he's right. seven two. Uh, those will be fun matchups and games for us to see. Can Mo Crevas deliver? But I think he will. I actually believe that by the end of the year, he may be a better. Um, option for us in the low post to throw the ball to than Umar Balon. Yeah, and it is I think he'll just get better. Where where I'm at with Umar is this and first of all, Umar has drastically outperformed what I thought when he came in here. And, and sure. again, this is because everybody needs a player like this. I thought that when Umar came in, he would be kind of a Gene Edgerson type that, you know, and again, every team needs somebody like that. So that's not besmirching Gene at all. He played a very important role. But come in, get some rebounds, be physical, you know, have the bike knee pads, all of that stuff. Um, this, uh, he's a 15 and six guy, 15 and seven guy. I never saw that, but I do think, and again, I could be wrong, but I think that this is kind of Umar's max right here. Whereas Mo Crevis is, Mo Crevis is going to keep growing right in front of us. And I think Mo Crevis' skill set, he's got more in his bag. He's got a yeah. higher ceiling offensively for, for more improvement. Uh, I think Mo Crevis is going to develop an eight foot jumper. Look at how good Mo is at the free throw line. Right. So can he develop a face up game that he doesn't necessarily currently have in the low block instead of just right shoulder, left shoulder options? Can he reverse pivot and take an eight foot jumper? We don't really see that from Umar. That's he's right. got the push shot in the lane. <laughs> the that we've shot's seen, great, right? right. The shot put that he's been pretty effective <laughs> yes. with, but I think Mo's ability to, to enhance his post moves and go from just a low post score to a mid post threat and maybe even a high post threat, I think, allows his ceiling for growth to be higher. But what he can do for Arizona right now is the offense doesn't change when Umar Balo goes to the bench. Right. And we have not been able to say that last year, where last year, if he went to the bench, it was like, okay, Azulis in the post, how are we going to play off of this? We really will play very similarly when Mo's on the floor from a low post, duck-ins, pick-and-roll options. I think we can play very similar. I think you're honestly, Rhino, I think you're right. I can think of one team that had five double digit scores in obviously oh one. Um yep. but that's it. Cause yeah, there I mean, may have been that, one other one. Even the eighty eight team that was exceptionally balanced, Craig McMillan was only a seven point per right. game score, and the other four were double digits. Um I think oh three had five uh five double digit scores. Yeah, and Hassan and Andre yeah. were right in there. So right. that could be it. But I just, the balance of this squad is wild. And I, and again, even if it doesn't end up becoming uh, a fact where it, at the end of the year, six double digit uh, scores on average, 
we know the threats and the abilities of what these guys can produce. That's what makes you so excited. Defensively, their versatility, it carries through offensively as well. All right, let's say you're looking at Ryan Hansen and you're like, man, he's got a great job. He's got a great gig, got a great family. He hit the lottery. All right, maybe Arizona lottery can help you live a little bit closer like Ryan Hansen. Go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Scratchers start at just $1. Top prizes up to $500,000. You'll thank me later if you win. Maybe give me some of your money. Um, all right, KJ Lewis. I watched KJ Lewis a lot in high school. And... I never understood why he wasn't ranked higher. I, and I, I talked about this with Shear for two straight years. To me, that's what a five-star shooting guard in high school is supposed to look like. Um, that, to me, is a little bit where the comparison of the 03 team comes in and that you have this, this specimen, kind of like a Hassan Adams, different game, obviously, that can come in, get you nine rebounds, can come in, dunk, block shots. Rhino, this dude is not, and again, knock on wood, Stu's not going to be here a long time. This is a this is a special special player. Yeah, I think what the comparisons directly draw to is his ability and willingness to defend and yeah. and do the little things like you said, hit the glass, block shots, be be an enforcer defensively. And again, that's what makes Arizona intriguing to me is not just those starting five, not just the six that are averaging double figures, but what KJ brings. Uh, to the table and his evolution as a player to get himself to the NBA, he's going to have to elevate the offense no to a point where his defensive skill set is currently. And I'm, I'm not saying it's not there. Some of it just might be opportunities. He, right. You know, with this team, he's not going to get as many touches and as many looks offensively, but you can tell it's, it's maybe not as refined as it will be. Right. I, I love though his intensity his effort off the bench, you know you're going to get. If he's on the floor for five minutes, it's going to be hair on fire five minutes. If he gets 20 minutes of action, he's going to give it to you for every minute, every second of those 20 minutes. Right. That's invaluable. He's going to make plays for Arizona out of sheer effort and hustle that you need off the bench, but then he's going to make plays for you because of skills too. And that's a unique combination uh, for a player. I think that's why you and many get so excited about his long-term potential yeah. uh, of an NBA player, because he's got the physical tool set, but there, there's a mental edge to him as well. And I didn't mind the technical. The I, I didn't mind it either. To be honest, I kind of liked it mm -hmm. because he was done with that. That opposing player had been in his ear all right. game. You were on the court or watching it closely. There was a lot of chatter. I kind of like Arizona's edge. Arizona, KJ Lewis is that guy. Caleb Love is a little bit of that guy. Kylan Boswell's got a little right. bit of nasty streak in him. I like that Arizona has that. They need that. They don't need Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, but they don't need boiling over the top either that we've had in the past. And that has to, you have to balance those two things. The, a lot of the great Arizona teams too, and again, Lute could obviously, you know, when he needed to, but they would have guys that would self-police uh, self the team. I mean, Miles Simon obviously goes without mm -hmm. saying. Um, you know, we talked about 01, Jason Gardner, kind of that dude. Um, you, you've got, like you said, that's a great point. You've got a lot of different players right there that will bring out or they can be the bad guy. So Tommy Lloyd doesn't necessarily need to be the bad guy at times. 
Yeah, I would point to two guys in particular that I think are the true leaders of this team. I think it's Kylan and Pella. Mm -hmm. I think those two guys will set the tone. They will rein people in. They're not afraid to get into somebody's face, like you said. Uh, and boy, you, you know your Arizona basketball, Mike. We know this because every time we've talked, we relish in each other's uh, right. knowledge and, and passion for Arizona basketball. Miles Simon, greatest leader of Arizona basketball, period. Not just because we won the title, but watching that guy in practice. He would take the scout team and win over and over and over uh, if coach put him on the scout team because of his leadership ability. Not saying Kylan or Pella are anywhere near that just yet, but in this year's team, that self-policing is important for sustained, continuous success. That coach in right. your ear all season long, we don't need that to wear people down over the course of 31 games. That's why you need voices, you need balance, you need depth, not just for scoring and rebounding, but for this very thing too, the off-court stuff. Speaking of Miles, just briefly, I, I, people ask me that haven't that didn't see him. I always say, to, and again, he's not the best player in school history. I'm not saying that. I mean, he's up there, but he's not the best. He to me is the Michael Jordan though of Arizona athlete, or basketball in that he was the dude, he was the leader, he was the guy. Give him the ball, he's going to demand everything of you. He'll go through it himself. Just maybe as, as fierce a competitor as I've ever seen at Arizona. And again, I, I'm not trying to compare him to Michael Jordan. I'm just talking from a competitive factor. It was, it was something that I haven't seen since then. And there's been a lot of great leaders. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. That goes right into practice. Every drill he was playing at, at the highest level to win. Right. Because he loved winning. Uh, but I think he hated losing more than he loved winning. And I right. think that's a difference uh, in him and a lot of guys. Hey, I love to win. I compete to win. The guys that absolutely cannot stand losing, it breaks you if you lose. That's the competitive spirit Miles had. Boy, could we all use a little bit of that? All right. Now, Kylan Boswell, you mentioned. Um, when Kylan Boswell is a fascinating guy because he doesn't have a traditional basketball point guard body per se. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the Jason Terry, the long lean arms and you know, the, but is it just me or does he look athletically at a different level this season? And from a skill perspective, I get freshman to sophomore, but Rhino, he just looks so much more dynamic and he looked good last year, but he looks, he look, he's definitely taken that up a couple notches. Yeah. A, I think physically he's grown up, right? Yeah. I think he's a man now and we will not cite his age. I will not fall into that trap <laughs> no. that every announcer does. Right. Uh, so physically, I think he has improved himself uh, mm -hmm. from a physicality standpoint. What's interesting about him is let's take you back to John Wooden. Uh, John Wooden wouldn't necessarily recruit the best athletes. He would coach and teach change of speed, change of direction. It was about being quick not right. in a hurry. These are like little quips that Wooden was all about. So I think Kylan understands that. He's not going to blow past you time and again because he's just got that first quick step. Sean Elliott just going to beat you right. off the bounce because it's D. physically quick. Right, Mike right. D, even better right. example of that. I think Kylan understands how to change pace, change direction, utilize step backs and angles to create openings for him either in jump shots threes or getting to the rim i think he's a lot more intelligent of a basketball player for his own skill set than maybe people give him credit for and how about you and i had a conversation in the off season on this very podcast about who oh, is arizona going to have outside shooting All right 
Look at what this man is doing. <laughs> for and it's sure, not just for sure. these five games, right? Take right. you back 11 games. The guy is a, it's a flamethrower right, right now. Can he sustain it for the course of the season? I don't, I mean, if this guy's not shooting 68%. He feels 40% though. Arc, but he, he feels, feels 40%. 40. He feels 42 to 44 yeah. actually to me. And I think he, the key for him, I go back to this time and again, shot selection. He took a horrible shot in the first half against UT Arlington. Early clock, dribble, you know, Harlem Globetrotter, step back, had not made a shot yet. He was already doing a heat check. Right. Uh, understanding yourself and when it's time for the heat check and growing into that what's a great shot for yourself, he's pretty close. He's, he's really elevated that, that part of his game. Uh, more of that is going to be important. Teams are going to start defending him differently because of the ability to shoot. Right. Uh, what I hope, what I'm hopeful for is that gives Caleb Love wide open standstill threes. Right. Uh, and Pella Larson, wide open standstill threes because you have to attract so much defensive attention to Kylan. I've been very, very impressed with, with Boswell. Speaking of which, uh, I refereed a basketball game about three months ago and uh, somebody we just talked about was in that game. Michael Dickerson. Wow. Mike, I refereed I my fair share of Michael Dickerson because I oh, left every practice. So. Yeah, I can imagine. Here's what's amazing. He's still, he can still dunk flat-footed. Um, some, uh, and again, it, the most unassuming guy, and again, everybody out there was younger, so a lot of people didn't know who he was. So I told somebody, and then they look him up, and, and the guy goes up to him and he says, do you know Kobe Bryant? Did you play against Kobe Bryant? And he said, yeah. And he said, how'd you do? And he said, well, that was my career high my second year. I had 32 points against him. And like everybody, and again, I don't know if he's still in town or not, but I reffed a couple of his games and I thought of you when I saw him. It's cool. Oh, that, it's that's crazy. great stuff. Mike, Mike D. Uh, there's a few guys, unfortunately, that don't get the, the praise and attention. He's at the top of the Historically, list. he's there. Chris Mills is there. Ben Davis is there. Yeah. Those are probably my three all timers that don't get the love uh, that they deserve. Those are my three as well. All right, now let's talk, get a little bit of a preview of the C, uh, upcoming games, and then uh, we'll sign off. But first, Desert Financial Credit Union. When you open a free account uh, checking online today, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. They are about the community. They are people like Ryan Hansen. They are out and amongst the community. Be like them. Check it out. By the way, Rhino, Let's talk a little bit about what your endeavors are. We, I was remiss in that. What is Ryan Hansen up to? How can you help the folks out there? Well, if you are looking for a vacation, I'm your guy. Bombo has travel here locally, been in business 47 years. Uh, we have people that have been all over the world and can send you all the, over the world. In fact, I think since the last time I was on with you, where have you uh, been? I was in I was in Hong Kong and Vietnam actually, mm -hmm. uh, and had a great cruise experience. What a what a unique special part of the world. Right, for sure. Okay, so how can they get in, how can they get in contact? Best place is our website, bvtravel.com. So B is in bond, V is in voyage, travel, bvtravel.com. Okay, now looking ahead here, I'm I mean I'm intrigued because Michigan State, I've watched I've watched uh, them quite a few times. Listen, they don't they don't haven't done a ton for me so far this year, but it's still Tom Izzo. It's still a tough team. That's mm -hmm. going to be an interesting game. Obviously, you got Zach Eady and Purdue. And then Alabama is the one that I'm really interested in because Alabama is the one that can bring athletes at you. That's the one I'm curious to see because I think Arizona, and again, could lose these games. I think Arizona is going to match up just fine with 
slower teams, for lack of a better term. I'm curious to see Arizona against length and athleticism. What do you think about those three games coming up? Uh, I'm very excited. What a gauntlet Arizona has set up here. Tommy Lloyd, not afraid. And and now that we you've won at Duke, you want more. Yeah. You, you're not as maybe not as gun shy a little bit about playing these top teams. First of all, you said it right. Tom Izzo, one of the greats. Yep. Do not sleep on Michigan State. If you're in a, if you're a basketball fan, you're looking at Thursday's game going, they lost to James Madison at home. We have a common opponent. Arizona beat Duke, you know, at right. Duke and they lost on a neutral court. Do not sleep on their ability to clog up the paint. Their ability right. to be big to to defend. Uh the stats don't don't get lured into these guys can't shoot and they're not as good rebounding as they are have been historically. It's Tom Izzo for crying yeah. out loud. This guy puts helm football helmets on guys <laughs> and right. shoulder pads for rebounding practice. Right. That is what he does. So I think ter- Thursday understanding who Michigan state will ultimately be at the end of the year will be a very tough test because of that physicality right. and their ability to historically do things in the paint that, uh, that most teams can't exacerbating it out. I am intrigued with the Alabama matchup on KenPalm.com right now, Alabama number one rated offensive team for efficiency in the country. So can Arizona handle a team of that elite level offense and maybe more balanced? Duke had some great individual talent, right? Collectively, they're not there yet. Their freshmen have not advanced yet. Alabama, I think, has some different that as you and I like to talk, they got dudes. Yeah. And they got a lot of dudes from a size, athleticism, and length standpoint. Uh, I think that that could be one of the biggest tests. Except if you're looking at rankings, you'd probably say, Well, what about Purdue, who looked actually pretty good yesterday yeah. in the Maui invitational? I think better and more athletic than I anticipated. But boy, some tests for Arizona that are going to really show us weaknesses. Uh, and that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. Right. Do I want Arizona to win every game? Of course I do. Would I be okay if we lost one of those because we need to learn and what be exposed a little bit? I'm okay with being exposed. I want to win and be exposed, of course. But those those games give different feel, different look, different opponents. Right. I, and there was one last thing I want to talk about with you with the Arizona and the Big 12. But first, last read right here. I was able to knock two reads off when Ryan Hansen disappeared. Rhino and I were thinking about that ahead of time. Last one, though. Drink Wink. Available uh, in either 2.5 milligrams or 5 milligram cans. You can get Wink right here at Arizona. Look for Wink at all your Sunday goods, dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica in Tucson. You can also save money online by going to Drink Wink and use promo code PHNX for 20% off a a wink of seltzer with some THC. Okay. Now Arizona, the reason I'm excited about the big 12 is this. I'm, I I grew up in the nineties, obviously. And I've always felt that the PAC 12 PAC 10, excuse me at the time was underrated because we've talked about it before. The only team in the PAC PAC 10 Lute Olsen era that I ever, I don't want to say feared. That's not the right word because you never really feared were those Jim Herrick UCLA teams, because I thought that they maybe even had a wink more talent and uh, Herrick wasn't quite the coach that Lute was, but he was, he was very formidable. Stanford was always really, really good, obviously, but I always felt that Arizona had better players. Stanford, I think was so much of a Montgomery machine, but he had good players, but then you always had a Cal or an or, Oregon or a USC that was so it was a good era we're not in that era anymore um and you look at it and there are so many schools that and again watch Arizona lose to one of these schools but there's so many schools that just aren't good Washington State 
Washington, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal, uh, ASU. I'm reju. I'm not re- not that I need to be rejuvenated, but Rhino, I'm ecstatic to go into the Big Twelve where, and you're going to get to see this front row, obviously, where every game is going to be a big game. The crowds are going to be packed. You're going to be playing the Kansases, the Kansas States, the TCU's, the Iowa States. I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go. I'm going to miss the pack, but I'm ready to go on to a new thing. I am as well. And basketball matters uh, in the Big 12. In fact, it might be the matter, capital T. And and I love that. You touched on it. And it matters because when you go to Iowa State in a down year, Hilton Coliseum is sold out. When you go to Manhattan, Kansas, it's sold out. When you go to Baylor, uh, you you mentioned all those teams. How about Baylor and Houston? Right. Two teams, one that's won the national title and one that's been to the final four since Arizona. So it matters. They're, They're playing at a super high level where that I hate to say it, there's almost been an apathy for basketball in the league. As Arizona has traveled, they'll draw the largest attendance, but it won't be a sellout anymore in some of these places. It's going to be a sellout, are you ready for this, when ASU travels to Iowa State, when ASU goes to Baylor. and, And that's what I love about it. So iron sharpens iron. So for Arizona, it's going to help the Wildcats become sharper, become deeper, be more more competitive throughout the course of the season when they enter into Big 12 scheduling next year. And nothing to me is more indicative of kind of the fall off in the pack of as Stanford. I mean, you know it better than anybody. Maples? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember I got to go to one game, and this was 90, it was 98, this was the year after the title game, and they were chanting, when Michael Dickerson's shooting free throws, they're chanting out his ex-girlfriend's last name, or his or first name. And it was just huge. I mean, it wasn't any venom behind it, but they were just trying to get in your, uh, get in his mind a little bit. It was insane. You go to Maples now, whatever. I mean, it's just, it's just feels like a totally, I, I feel like, a, you know, I feel like I was born in the thirties now when I try to compl- uh, compare it. It's just not the same thing that it's just not the same thing that it used to be. Just yeah. Did I make a right turn and I'm in the library on campus at Stanford or is it, is it Maples? You're exactly. right. Exactly. How about the 96-97 season? Arizona wins the title, yeah. but Cal and Stanford both in the Sweet 16 mm-hmm. that year. Uh, and so you had not Brevin just, Knight uh, and Dion Cross backcourt. Ooh, how about that's that? Impressive. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like I kind of like you drawing on that. But that that's what's exciting for sure yeah. on the horizon uh, for for Arizona, where teams coming in here are going to have high level coaching. That's another thing that used to, you mentioned. Mm. You know, Mike Montgomery, I mean, say what you want about Herrick. He could recruit. Right. He could really, and he did a good job for them. Uh, ben Howland would, you know, you know, mm-hmm. help them, of course, uh, get to Final Fours. But I'm, I'm like you where I'm not saying that I won't be disappointed or like, oh, we're not going to go to UCLA every year. Of course I'm going to miss that. Do I miss the days of yore at Maple Maples Pavilion? Yeah. Yes, but I – I will not shed a tear this year, I don't believe, for any of these games that we play on the road where I'm like, oh, this is our last chance to go to Gill Coliseum. Am I really (laughs) going to be disappointed about that? Probably not. All right. He is the great Ryan Hansen. Again, Ryan, tell him one more time about Bon Voyage. Live like Ryan Hansen. Live like me, travel the world, go to Bon Voyage. It's the best place to find us, bvtravel.com. And one more comment for you, brother, back the A. This is the weekend to back the A like never before. It really is, man. Dude, this last, I'll be honest, man, this last week has just been a whirlwind. It's just game. And it's perfect for me because I get post-game show after post-game show after post-game show. 
We need more. We need more games. But Rhino, as always, really appreciate your time, my guy. It's always a pleasure. Always really look forward to talking to you. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. He's Ryan Hanson. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcast podcast. We all silly like the mayor. 